wanted to take a moment to uh, introduce today's guest speaker is actually Simon Ward from Compassion. Could you make him feel welcome as he comes? Most of you here will, will know Simon, but if you don't, he's a good friend of mine and a good friend of this church and uh, was a, a local pastor for, for many, many years, but now um, travels the world, really. Well, he can't at the moment, can you? But... Uh, but he, he does certainly uh, the excellent work with Compassion. We, we love Compassion International and what they do. Um, just a short prayer for you before oh, I take you. a seat. God, I, I, just, I pray this morning that this is a message from you um, for us in this moment and that your anointing will be upon Pastor Simon today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Nathan. It's always a, a, a treat, a privilege. And I said to the team earlier, it feels like my second home coming here. I... Uh, meet to pray with Pastor Nathan and a few other local pastors regularly. I've been doing that for, um, I keep saying 10 years, but it must be 12 now. Um, so um, it's great to be in this room. If you're joining online, thank you for inviting us into your living room, your bedroom, your alfresco area, or wherever you are. It's great to um, be able to share this together. I'd like to um, uh, kick off with a bit about compassion and then we'll, we'll look at God's word together. But um, to, to start with, really, just want to say a thank you. Um, for uh, quite a few of you here that, that sponsor, uh, A Child Through Compassion. And together with yourselves, with Arana Hills Church of Christ, with Capera Baptist and with Anogra Baptist, sponsoring 250 kids. I did a, a count-up. I thought that was pretty, pretty good. So thank you for um, your part in, um, in seeing 250 children released from poverty in Jesus' name. And that's what we're about um, in terms of um, compassion. So thank you if you are sponsoring. If you haven't written to your child recently, this is the point where you start feeling a little guilty, which is the general idea. But I'm going to talk a bit more about letters um, in, a, in a moment. But um, if you don't know much about compassion, let me just tell you a little bit more. So three, um, three kind of aspects, if we break down the statement I used a moment ago, we're about releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name, and we're unashamedly Christian. We think if, if um, you want to see a child out of poverty, the best way to do that is to introduce them to Jesus. Because um, he's about whole life, not just a, um, about a spiritual thing, but it's about um, a life in abundance, a life that is um, thriving. So um, three things that we're about. We, we're Christ-centered, so we, we want to focus on Jesus, put him first place. And so if you write to a child, you can, you can share your faith, you can talk about Jesus, you can pray for them. And in fact, if you go and visit your child, and Pastor Nathan's done that in a, in a trip with me, and um, I've never had a family say, no, you can't pray. Never. They always welcome us to pray for them. So we're unashamedly about Jesus. Um, the second thing is we're church-based. And again, you know, I've been a pastor for 20 years. Another thing I like about Compassion is that we, all of our work is done through the local church. So if you go and visit your child when things open up again and we can travel again, you won't see a big sign saying, Compassion. You'll just see a church name like Hills Church. Because um, what we do is empower the local church to reach their community. And again, I love that. So that when you're sponsoring a child, you're actually empowering the local church to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to go into their neighbourhood and reach the, the kids that really do need help and the families that need help there. So we're church-based. Everything runs through the local church. And then 
And thirdly, we're child-focused. You know, children, I, I look as among the most vulnerable in society. Um, this uh, last year, had, we had um, our first two grandchildren. And just a reminder of, of how, holding you know, a little baby that's a few hours old, of the helplessness of a, of a baby and of a child. They are dependent and they need help and support. And, and if their parents are in poverty, and maybe their grandparents are in poverty, that's all they've known, and it's what they're likely to know, unless something changes, someone steps in, someone says, hey, can we come alongside you? Can we um, give you a hand up, rather than a hand out? So our work is long-term with kids and with families. How can we do the longevity, which is why we encourage people to sponsor a child who's young, and, and stick with them, you know, Get to know them and, um, and invest in, in a relationship of writing to them and, and maybe going to visit as well. You know, before COVID, 16,000 children under five every day, every day, 16,000 children under five die from preventable causes. That's just not acceptable. And that's lack of water, lack of nourishing food, lack of, of basic medical care, what we call basic necessities, things that we would take for granted. 16,000 children under five every day, 5.9 million children per year. And in Compassion, we want to do something about that. You know, prior to COVID, so since 1990s, um, people in extreme poverty has been declining, which is fantastic. So that, that number has been steadily declining since the 1990s until February, March last year, when COVID um, hit. Um, and and you know, we've done pretty well here in Australia. Um, few nations that have done quite well, but for the majority, it's tough, and it still is tough. And you put that into the poverty mix, and it's just even harder. It just makes it even, even worse. So the estimation from the World Bank is between 70 to 120 million more people will go into extreme poverty as a result of COVID-19 pandemic. So that means it's the first time that that extreme poverty number has gone the other way since the 1990s. So at this point in time, how much more than ever before we need to do something as a nation that actually is very wealthy and doing really, really well? Like if you're a student here, so if you're a uni student, do you realise that as a uni student in this nation, you're in the top 10% of the wealthiest people on the planet? You may not feel that way, because <laughs> it depends where you compare yourself to, doesn't it? But that's the reality. You know, when we talk about the developing world, I think, really? We think we're developed? <laughs> listen to the news, listen to what's happening around us. I, think, I, I hate that term. I, I know people understand what, kind of, what it means, but, but we're in the minority world. We're a minority country. And we need to do something to help the majority world. That's the reality of, of where it's at. So... Um, there's things that we can do to make a difference. And, and in Compassion, we think sponsoring a child is a way to do that, to empower the local church, introduce them to Jesus, stick with them long-term in relationship, and um, give them a choice. They may not follow Jesus as an adult, but you give them the option. You give them the option to have an education, to have a mentor, somebody who's working with them, to help them make wise choices in their life, and to get nourishing food and medical checks. And why would we not do that for the cost of two coffees a week? 
$12 a week is what it costs to sponsor a child. And I think, well, why do we not do that? Why does everyone not do that? In fact, we brought a, a former sponsor child over, and she spoke in this church. Her name was Newt from Thailand. You may remember her if you were here then. And she said to me, she said, I, I didn't understand, I can't understand why it's so hard to get children to be sponsored. She said, as a, as a child in need, I thought people in wealthy nations would be queuing up to sponsor a child. That's what she told me. That was her view. And when she came and spoke, not just here, we took her around various places, she said, I didn't realise it was so hard for you guys to see children sponsored. It's perception, isn't it? You know, of, of different of things. And, and that made me think of what she said. Compassion President, Compassion International President, um, Jimmy, Jimmy he, um, he said this two years ago at our national conference here in Australia, and, and our CEO has picked this theme up. He said, you know, that Compassion started in the 1950s in South Korea, which is now a sponsoring nation. How good is that? It started, it started there with someone going to that nation from the US seeing the plight of children and getting, I think it was 35 children sponsored. That was the early, the early thing that happened there. To the point that now South Korea is sponsoring other nations. I, I just love that story of the turnaround. That's what we want to see. Um, so 35 children in the 1950s were now sponsoring over 2 million children around the world. That's great, isn't it? And, and hearing, wow, 2 million. Do you know, if we were to continue at the, rate of, the current rate of growth... Do you know how long it would take to reach all the children in extreme poverty? 10,000 years. I heard that figure and I said, really? I think that's not okay. That is not okay. So in Compassion Australia, we've said, okay, what can we do to to look at doing that. How can we do things differently? It's not just about compassion, got to reach everybody, but we're saying, right, which agencies can we partner with? Who can we do to reach out to? So together, we can be stronger. Together, we can do something better. Together with people like yourself, the local church here in Australia, what can we do to lessen that year span? Because it's not okay. That is not okay. So uh, the challenge is there this morning. If you, can, if you can afford to give up two coffees a week, you can sponsor a child and you can make a difference, and then you're reducing that 10,000-year period. That's um, something that can be done. Uh, I want to um, show you a video now, and the video is an update from um, Thailand. So if you've been part of this church for a while, all the kids that I bring that need sponsoring are from um, a region in Thailand, the same as, as Arana, as Kapera, and as Anogras, so that when things open up again, we can maybe do a trip together, which has always been my, my longing. Pastor Nathan has been, Pastor Matt has been, and um, when you start meeting the people there, they do something that changes the inside. So uh, you'll recognise someone in this video. Nathan, um, let's go to the screen and have a look at some um, update from Thailand through COVID. Thank you. Greetings, compassion supporters who are sponsoring children in Thailand. It's a privilege and honor to be speaking to you today and to be encouraging you through this difficult season. There are over 180 church partners with approximately 50,000 children being sponsored in Thailand. Most churches have been affected by COVID-19 and because of COVID-19, many parents have lost their job and the parents could not provide for the family. 
locally, I've seen people were very desperate, very hopeless. Well, church partners are not only providing food parcels to give away to the families, but they also provide a long-term solution to the families by equipping the parents with new way of income generation, by providing them vocational skill sets in order for them to start earning the money for the family. One story is the one church. They um, make the mask and give to the every student, every family in the church. And they not just stop that. They give to the community as well. They use their own money, not the compassion money, to provide food for the, those who in need. So this is just, wow, this touched my heart that they know that they are salt and light in the community and they reach out to be uh, outside of the wall, not just the beneficiary. Through this crisis of coronavirus, many people are getting to know God through our help. Well, over the past month, life is getting better now since we don't have new cases confirmed in Thailand. Please keep our children in your pray and also pray for the reopening project activity and make sure that our children would be known, loved and protected. You are our hero. Massive thanks to our Compassion sponsor, supporter. I understand how hard it is has been to you as well, to all of us. But through this pandemic, I have seen us, the humanity between become stronger together as one. Although our lives may not be the same, let Christ be the center of our new normal. You will always be in my prayer. May His light a new way and ignite your bones. It's part of the fabric of who you are. A lot of the shots that you saw there of the river is the river between Thailand and Myanmar. So, um, Thailand has done pretty well compared to a lot of other nations through, um, through COVID for various reasons. Um, Myanmar, not so. So they've been actually putting a lot, taking a lot of food parcels and resources across the river um, into Myanmar to help there. In fact, the majority of the kids that are brought for sponsoring are Karen. So um, that they, um, if, you're, if you definitely want to sponsor Karen, come, I'll point you to the, in the right direction. But um, they have come over the border from Myanmar. And if you've been watching the news, what's happening in uh, that nation at the moment is pretty, is pretty bad, and it has been bad. So if you want to help um, that people group that have come from Myanmar, a great way to do that is to sponsor a Karen child. So um, come see me afterwards, and I'll point you in the direction of those particular children. If you um, are watching online and you want to sponsor, there'll be a, a link in your chatter feed, and if you click on that link, there are five kids there from these churches that I've been talking about um, that need sponsoring. So you can click on there, click on each child and it tells you a bit about them, their community, their family, and you can um, sponsor there. If you um, hear it here in, in person, you can still do the same thing. I'm happy to give you the link, but um, there are about 15 kids outside that, that need sponsoring. There are four kids there on the, the table that are older, so 16 and above. And um, maybe if you think, oh, I don't know how long I could sponsor for. Why not sponsor an older child? They would, the maximum they would go to is 21. It may be just a couple of years till they finish high school. Depends if they choose to go to uni. But um, so if you if you're not sure about sponsoring, want to give it a go, can, can I um, say for us it's harder to get older children sponsored. 
You know, the cute little girls, age five, and everyone seems to be drawn to those first, sadly, but that's kind of how it is. Um, but maybe an older child that you can say, actually, help them finish well. Um, and, um, and, you know, they write a lot better letters than a five-year-old. You get great pictures. But, um, so, um, so just to wrap this section up, just um, finishing up with, um, it should be behind me, a, a picture of a letter. And um, just let me tell you this brief story. I met Lee May in the picture there. She's in the Philippines. And I met her, um, would be a couple of years ago now, taking a, a church trip similar to yourselves to visit their sponsor children. And I was sitting, lunchtime, and we were sitting down, and I happened to sit next to Lee May, discovered that she was 18, about to graduate from the Compassion Program, been sponsored since a young child. And I was, you know, English was okay, and I was chatting away to her, and I said, um, oh, tell me about your sponsor. And I don't know what I said, but suddenly her, her lunch looked far more interesting than our conversation. And she just stared at, at her plate, and, and I thought, oh, what have I said? And so I kind of said, look, I'm, I'm really sorry if I offended you. I didn't, I didn't mean to say something out of turn. Um, I'm sorry, what, could you tell me what, what I've said? And, and she said, I, I don't know anything about my sponsors. So um, I said, so how come? She said, well, I've never had a letter. And you now what do you say? You put yourself in my position there and you've got to try and say something encouraging to her as to why her sponsor doesn't write. And I, I don't, can't remember exactly what I said. I said something along the lines of, look, um, sometimes in, in wealthier nations people think that the answer to poverty is money. They just think it's a lack of resources. And they don't realise how important community is and, and communication and, and relationship. It's just, you know, some of those nations actually their poverty is, is isolation and loneliness. I think is one of ours. And I don't think it really did the, did the thing, but I, um, in my head all the time when I was saying this, I kept this phrase, went round and round in my mind, was write her a letter, write her a letter, write her a letter. So after a little while, we, we switched the conversation off that and onto something else, and I asked her a bit about what she wanted to do in the future, what, what was she going to do when she graduated, and, and she said, look, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure whether to go to college or to just try and get a job and help my family, and we talked a bit about that. And after a while, I excused myself, and I went back to our van, I found some paper, and I wrote Lee May a letter. It took me about three minutes, just on the basis of what we talked about over that short time. And, and um, I didn't have an envelope, so I just folded it in half, and I went on in search of Lee May, and I found her again. And, and I said, look, I know you haven't had a, a letter from your sponsor, who happened to live in Australia as well. I said, um, but um, he, here's, here's a letter from someone in Australia. And um, sweaty eye moment for both of us, that's bloke code. <laughs> um, she took this letter. Her friends laughed at her, but she just looked at them with tears in her eyes and they, they changed their demeanour. And I just saw her go and sit on the side of the platform, just right down here, we're down the front of the, the church, and she opened the letter and started reading, and I left her to read. See, letters are really powerful, which is why I want you to feel guilty if you're not writing. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. You know, but that wasn't the end of the story. Um, you know, we went off after a little while, a couple of hours later, we did a few things there and we went off to visit the next project. And, and I thought about this story some more and, and um, you know, off and on since then. And then I had a, an email from the pastor who I'd taken to the field. They're from Kingaroy. And um, Andy emailed me and he said, Simon, I've got something for you. I, I forgot to give this to you, but somebody passed this on to me while we're in, in uh, the Philippines and, and I totally forgot about it and I've just come across it. And it was the letter you see on the screen, which was the letter from Lee May. 
So she had gone and found a piece of paper and she had written the reply and couldn't find me. So she gave it to Pastor Andy and then he gave it to me. And I keep that letter on my desk as a reminder of how powerful letters are. So um, may that inspire you not only to write to your sponsor child for those who are already sponsoring, but for those who will sponsor today, may that inspire you the importance of writing regularly. But may it also inspire you to write to Nicole. It's powerful. Something, you know, we can say words, we can text words, but something, having something written down, there's a weight and a power of that that brings encouragement. So um, I, I can't stress enough the importance of writing a letter. And some people say, I don't know what to write. Write about ordinary life. A great time to write letters to your sponsor kids is, is dinner time. Maybe you're a family, you write on your phone, so you know, get, get your phone out and, and pass the phone around and, and, and text a line each if you've got a family. Take a photo of your meal. They love that. You know, the food in Thailand is very different to here. It's so much better over there. <laughs> and, uh, um, so, you know, take, take, I've done that. I was at, at down um, passing Yatla. And if you go to Yatla, you've got to get a pie, haven't you? So, um, particularly a cheese, bacon, and steak pie. They are the best. And I'm feeling hungry now talking about it. But um, I was there and, and, and I, I'd, I'd eaten my pie and I checked my phone, had some time before my next visit to a pastor. And here was a letter from one of my sponsor boys in Thailand. And I thought, oh, I should have taken a photo of my pie. You know, a great Aussie lunch. And this guy sat down next to me. This is my dirty plate there. And he sat, sat down next to me with a nice, clean, pristine pie. And I nudged him and said, excuse me, mate, can I take a photo of your pie? <laughs> I did explain why. He said, sure, mate, go for it. You know, and, but what a great way to say, this is, a, this is a classic Aussie lunch. And guess what? You might get a photo back from Thailand saying, here is my favourite Thai dish. Relationship, simple things like that. It hasn't got to be long, um, but a um, great way to be able to share love and encourage and um, encourage a sponsor child. So that's a bit of an update on compassion. Thank you for sponsoring. Thank you for those that are going to go home and write letters straight away. That's great. You can write online, you can write on your phone, you can write by hand, however you um, wish to do that. So... Um, we're going to dig into God's word, so why don't I just stop and pray before we move on. Father, thank you that your word is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword, divides even joints and marrow, soul and spirit. Father, just as we've talked about how words can be so powerful, thank you, Jesus, that you are the living word. And may your power... Ignite our bones. May it change us so that we go out of these doors or we leave our home today different to how we came in because of an encounter with you, a fresh encounter with you. So, Father, we welcome you. We say, Holy Spirit, move, have your way. Please shape us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've uh, got a Bible with you, um, feel free to turn to it, but it will, this will come up on the screen as well. We're going to have a look at Acts 28, and I just want to give you a little bit of backstory. So uh, Paul has been arrested. He's um, on his way to Rome to, to meet Caesar, and um, on his way they get, they get lost at sea because of a storm. So for two weeks, it says, we saw neither the sun, the moon, nor the stars and even Paul says this, we gave up all hope of being saved. Um, 
And if you want to read that story, there's, there's a lot going on in there. And, um, but eventually, there's a, an angel comes to Paul and encourages him, and then he encourages the people on board the ship um, to say, we're, we're going to be okay. The ship is going to be wrecked, but we will be okay. I'm not sure if that's comforting or not, you know, if you're on a boat. But anyway, everyone gets to, um, everyone gets to land by hanging on to pieces of broken ship and, and the island they land on is called Malta. And we pick up the story in uh, chapter 28. Here we go. Once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. That's what I want to speak about this morning. I'm going to read the rest of it in just a sec, but I want you to think about those words. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood and as he put it on the fire, a viper driven out by the heat fastened itself on his hand. And when the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, This man must be a murderer, for though he escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. The people expected him to suddenly swell up or fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. There was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us to his home and for three days entertained us hospitably. I never say that word. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him and after prayer placed his hands on him and healed him. When this happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. They honoured us in many ways and when we were ready to sail, they furnished us with the supplies we needed. Unusual kindness. I uh, um, read a uh, billboard quote of a church that said, kindness is difficult to give away. It usually comes back. I like that. Yeah, it's like that, isn't it? If you, if you do a kind deed for someone, often it comes back. I, my wife and I, we took our family out. They'd just been through a hard time recently and we took them out for an evening and, and, and just to bless them and show kindness to them. You know, the text I had back after that later that evening just really blessed me. You know, so it's kindness is hard to give away. It, it just has this habit of coming back when you show kindness. And this passage is just packed full of kindness and unusual kindness. At that, you've got people helping people, a fire for warmth. You've got food. You've got generous hospitality. You've got. Um, Paul bringing healing to those and the giving of, gifting of supplies for them for their onward journey. It's just full of kindness. little um, um, historical thing. Tradition has it, has it that Publius, that the governor, became the first bishop of Malta. Interesting, isn't it? I wonder why. I wonder why. You just kind of have this guess that maybe Paul has something to do with that happening because this was the first... Their, first introduction to Christianity through this account of what happened here. The tradition also has it that uh, on this next slide, this cathedral, St. John's Cathedral in Malta, is built on the site of the governor's old house. Um, I won't go into all of this now, but, but again, um, tradition has it that um, that first bishop 
the governor that met Paul was, was martyred about 30 years later in Greece, holding fast to Christ. But that's another story for another day. Unusual kindness. Um, um, as I read this passage and as I thought about the series that you're currently in in Joshua, this, my favourite verse of all time is in Joshua. Be strong and courageous. I just love that. Maybe it's because I've needed to hear it a lot and, and needed to go back to that a lot through um, my life's journey. Maybe, maybe that's the thing. But it, and when I read this and when I thought about the series you're going through, I couldn't help but think of a Disney movie. I know it doesn't sound very spiritual, but it did make me think of a Disney movie when I considered what we've just read alongside Joshua. But we'll come to what that movie is. You can try and go there if you like, and um, I will reveal all a bit later. But you know what I, what I find interesting in this passage is he got the Maltese people, pre-Christian, pre-believers, who show unusual kindness. You know, a story I, I hear all too many times is um, someone will say, oh, this person at work or this person in my neighbourhood, they did this act of absolute kindness and then they add, and they're not even a Christian. Kind of like we're surprised that people are kind if they don't know Christ. But the other thing I hear very often too is that um, someone will say, oh, there's this guy or this girl at work and um, you know, they're a Christian but Nobody likes them. They just, they're just a bit toxic in our workplace. Like the way they gossip. and I hear that a lot. And that grieves my heart. You know, here we've, got, here we've got people who don't know Christ showing unusual kindness. And for us as believers, we're one of the segments of the fruit. So the fruit of the Spirit. It's not lots of individual fruits. It's like a mandarin. You know, you peel that, that each segment is one of the fruit of the spirit and love peace patience kindness should go naturally with the name of Christ and that's why in this story kind of striking that here are islanders that don't know Christ showing an unusual level of kindness that should be natural for us as believers it's a bit like you know looking at your face it's a bit like when I said to um, Lee May about writing the letter, you know, that she found something else more interesting because I, I know that that's a reality for, for all too many people. You probably know people who follow the name of Christ but don't seem to live it in their lives. You know, I've, I've been through Bible college twice because I needed to. I think, you know, I'm a slow student or something like that. But um, the second time I, did, I went through um, Bible college, I did my master's degree in theology, in practical theology. And the reason I did that was because having worked as a pastor for, for 10 years or so and then the previous 10 years or 5 years or so we did some concurrently um, working in evangelism, I just started to notice a lot of people who said they were Christians but their lives didn't match up to the name. And I thought, as a pastor, what can I do to do something about that? Because that should not be. It should not be. And in, in one sense, and please don't misquote me on this, Doctrine and theology has become less important to me the older I've got. But what has become more important to me is how do we live and show and be the tenets of the Christian faith. You can have all the information and knowledge about Christianity and it means zero if you don't live it out. And Paul said that, didn't he? He said, if you have not 
if you've not got love in action, otherwise love it's not just love of words. In you know in, in Hebrew, love is a love is a verb, not a noun. Now, I just remember that by a doing word. I, you know, this my level of English, I suppose. Um, a doing word it always has action to it, and um, and we can say, you know, I can say to my wife, "Oh, I love you, darling," and I can put the big eyes on and, and say it most most romantic voice. But if I've not followed up with the way I act towards her, and 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 maybe bring in a gift of flowers like I did last week, uh, <laughs> and uh, so, you know those things. What does it mean? This is an action to it that we're we're kind of living what we say. So kindness, part of the fruit of the spirit. I was talking with a an education prof- professional um, in Queensland, just to preserve their, um, you know. And he was telling me this story. He uh, is a motorcycle rider, and um, he, he, um, he just went to get a few supplies from the local shop, which is right next door to the church. And as he came out, there was a, a guy, a guy there, obviously a bikey, looking at his bike. And they got into conversation. He found out this guy's name was Smokey. And um, they got chatting, and Smokey said, I've out for, I often go out for a ride with some mates. Do you want to come? And he said, sure, I'd love to come. And so they arranged, he had a text from Smokey, next Sunday, 10.30am. And the friend of mine said, um, I, I can do um, pretty much any other time on Saturday or Sunday, but I go to church and um, can't, can't do 10.30. I'm really sorry, but enjoy your ride and thanks so much for the invite. A little while later, text comes back. Um, we've switched it around. Does 1.30 work all right for you? So he goes on the ride. There's no mention of Jesus, there's no mention of church other than that text. And for several weeks they, they do this, do this ride. And after two or three weeks, um, this friend of mine gets a, gets a text, often or a call from Smokey, just saying, how are you? Now last time you said that your, your, your mum was not doing too well, I just wondered how she was. You said you, you, you were having a tough week at work, I just wonder how the week went. And this friend said to me, I've had more pastoral concern from Smokey than anyone from the church. And I don't know whether to laugh or cry. Do you know what I, mean? I don't know whether to be glad or sad. Do you know what I mean? Because that's so good. So good. Smokey's about to do an alpha course, by the way. There's another story there. Back to that Disney movie. I don't know if you've um, worked out which movie it is. If you go to the next slide, here's here. will get you out of your misery. If you've seen the, the 2015 Cinderella movie, there's this line in there, and I just need to build this up. Um, so I wanted to show you the movie clip, but we couldn't because we're live streaming. So, so um, uh, Cinderella is, is, goes in to see her mum, who's, who's dying. She's in her last hours, few days of life, and her mum is giving her her, her last words. So I'm just trying to build some emotion here, okay? Um, and she says, there's two things, Cinderella, I want you to remember. Have courage and be kind. That's powerful, isn't it? And that they, they talk a bit about that and, and you know, there's, there's tears and they're struggling and they embrace and all that's going on. Those of you that cry in movies, you'd, you'd be weeping there at this point. And then her mum says this, on the next slide, you see these words. You have more courage, sorry, more kindness in your little finger than most people possess in their entire bodies. 
I like that. That should be us as Christians. It really should be. We should be so full of the kindness of God. You know, I've seen kindness in this church. I've seen kindness in your pastor. In fact, there's a picture of it on the screen. Giving away his Bible to a Thai pastor and, and watching the pastor's face receive this gift. He wanted an English Bible and Nathan gave, gave his away. I also saw your pastor give away his iPad because he felt the person had greater need of it than he did. And so I know that your pastor's a kind guy. I know he's the real deal. I've been meeting with him for 10 years. You're a, you have a great pastor of this church. On that trip, we visited um, this man you see on the next slide. Um, very elderly, Thai man, was hard, hard, to, um, hard to get about. And we went to um, visit him and Pastor Nathan and Pastor Matt prayed for him. And I'll, I'll never forget this toothless smile on his face. As I guess we showed kindness to him in going to pray for him and then he showed kindness to us by receiving us. Strange foreigners, different language, didn't understand a word of what we said, but it was a joy to pray and to be there to encourage. In my, on the last slide, let's go back to this unusual kindness. I want you to remember these two words. If you like theology, I'll give you a little bit of theology as well to close with. There's a, there's a Hebrew word that doesn't tra- translate very well into English, and it's a, I can't say it with the Hebrew. It's got one of those, you know, chesed. Okay, so um, I can't do that very well, but chesed, C-H-E-S-E-D. And um, you can't translate it into English in one word. It doesn't follow. Um, so you'll see it in often translated as steadfast love or loving kindness or loving faithfulness. And depending on the context, it's translated in different, in different ways, but you just cannot do it in one word. It's, it's, it's between two and 300 times it's in the Old Testament, and it's, it's, it's about God's character, about who he is. Hesed, loving kindness, loving faithfulness. You know, I've heard a lot of sermons about the love of God, but I've not heard many about the kindness of God. Not so many. And in Micah 6.8, we get this word hesed. It says this, Micah 6.8, He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. It's that word hesed. So let us do justice, let us do kindness, as we walk humbly with our God. Justice for kids that need some help. Kindness for people in your neighbourhood or your family or your workplace. Go overboard with kindness. Show an extraordinary or an unusual kindness to your workmates. Buy them a coffee. Why not? For no reason other than just to show kindness. Offer to help out. Go the extra mile. See what happens. Like I said at the beginning, kindness is hard to give away. It has a habit of coming back. So, as I pray, let God speak to you. As I pray for us, let God speak to you about how you're going to show kindness this week. Make a choice to do that, because it may not just happen unless you make a choice. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are full of kindness, full of steadfastness, full of faithfulness, full of unfailing love. And we, as your sons and daughters, your children, we, we know that we should exhibit these things too because if, if you're like that then, and your spirit's in us then that should be how it is. But Father, we are 
are all too aware of our frailties and our weaknesses and our tendencies to not have courage and kindness and, and knowing that it takes courage to be kind. Lord, my longing for all of us is that we would have more kindness in our little finger than most people possess in their entire bodies. Totally possible with the power of your spirit that dwells within us. So Father, I pray that you would help us be like we just read from your word, people of action, people who who have a behavior that matches our words. Father, I want to pray for people that will sponsor a child today. Father, would you lead them to the child that they can best encourage? Would there be some kind of link that will just become a really special, unique relationship? For those that know they need to go home and write a letter, Father, would you inspire them on what will encourage and bless their child and what they need to hear at this point in time? And let the words flow. Father, for those whose a name of someone has come to mind who they know they need to show kindness to, it might be their spouse, it might be a child or a sibling. It might be a neighbour, it might be a work colleague. Father, I pray for courage to step out and show kindness and an unusual kindness at that. Father, my longing, my prayer is that this church family, whether they're meeting in the building or they're online or wherever they are, that they would become known as a church that exhibits unusual kindness. Father, I pray these things and ask them in Jesus' name. Amen. 